So good afternoon. I'd like to call the Social Services Committee meeting to order for Monday, February 26th. Would the clerk take the roll? Supervisor Tam. Present. Supervisor Miley. Here. Want to give instructions for online participation? For in-person participation, the meeting site is open to the public. If you'd like to speak on an item, please fill out a speaker card and pass it to the clerk. For remote participation, you can reference the teleconferencing guidelines posted at www.acgov.org, teleconferencing guidelines, social services. And if you'd like to speak on an item for social services using the remote teleconferencing, use the raise your hand function. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So we have our first uh, item as an informational item uh, from the Advisory Commission on Aging. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Supervisor Miley and Supervisor Tam. Faith Battles, Assistant Agency Director for the Department of Adult and Aging Services. It's my pleasure to call up to the podium Commissioner Laura McMichael Cady. She's the chair of the Advisory Commission on Aging. This is her first time presenting, and we're happy to have her. Hello. Good afternoon. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I, well, you can go to the next slide. <laughs> So the Commission on Aging is appointed by the Board of Supervisors and the Mayor's Conference to provide advice and oversight to the area on aging, agency on aging and funding local services for seniors. And our current membership, actually there are only five of us. You can see there are a number of vacancies. I think, yeah, I thought there were, I think I represent District 3 now, actually not District 4. Yeah, so I think we're, we're all represented for your district. Supervisor Tam, but we could use a few more in the other districts and from the uh, mayor's conference and such. And um, well, we've undergone a lot of changes in the past year. I, I think our, our presentation last year made it obvious that there had been a lot of contention. After a lot of discussion and some dissent, the annual update to the countywide area plan, which summarizes how funds are being disseminated and services are being provided, was approved. However, Half of the commission, basically five commissioners, resigned because, as it turned out, the California Department on Aging told us it, our approval wasn't actually required. And so a, a number of us decided, well, then why are we here? But <laughs> the remaining commissioners have regrouped, made some alterations to our bylaws, reformed committees, and continue to be committed to working with the AAA on making sure community-based organizations, AAA funds, provide needed and relevant services. And so to this end, we have participated in and hosted several events helping local seniors weigh in on the countywide area plan, and we have participated on the steering committee overseeing the surveys and data collection. Um, and it's almost ready to go out before the public, and uh, we'll have our public hearing in April. Um, we have a services committee. I think it's only one of us at the moment, but... Uh, she visits local activities and agencies. She bring back, brings back feedback to the commission. And we have a legislative committee, um, also basically one of us right now, who attends the senior legislature events. And we also have a PR committee. We publish a quarterly newsletter, the Senior Update, which hopefully people have seen. I think it gets around to libraries and senior centers and such. And we actually did a beautiful issue on housing this January with a wonderful interview with Supervisor Miley. So very proud of that. 
We also participated in the holiday basket program. We donated funds. We delivered baskets. I think there were something like 50 baskets we delivered to seniors in the community who are homebound and needier. And like I said, we currently have five members, one of whom is on the senior legislature. We are arranging to have speakers from the various agencies at AAA funds come and speak at our meetings, which are open to the public. And uh, again, we'll have a public hearing. It's actually going to be in April, not in March, on the countywide area plan. So that's coming up. And for the coming year, we hope to increase our numbers. It would be really good to have more than one person per committee. <laughs> Be a presence at local and possibly national AAA conferences. Continue to visit the events and agencies serving seniors in Alameda County. Be a presence at the California Senior Legislature events. Put our informative and timely newsletter out. We're doing an issue next on health and mental health. And continue participating in conferences and events. Our, and continue our involvement in the countywide area planning process. Um, thank you for that presentation, and I, I did go to one of the sessions um, on a very rainy day in San Leandro. Yeah, I was um, there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and our attendance was not great, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we did that. Um, you, you mentioned that the bylaws were something that you looked at and the reconstitution of the committees. If you have a board with 16 vacancies... That, that's very difficult to function. Yeah. So did the bylaws consider maybe like uh, a smaller board? Well, some of the changes we made were in relation to the fact that we had had a lot of changes in the previous year and a half. So we'd had several members come in who maybe didn't have very realistic idea of what we were there for or what we could actually accomplish. And so, yeah, we scaled some things back and made things a little more reasonable, especially given a smaller board. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen the board with more than 10 on it. So 21 members, yeah, we're not going to accomplish quite that much, especially at this point. So yeah, the bylaws scaled things back a little, and we cut out a few of the committees because there was thinking that committees could oversee finances, committees could basically, you know, data collection, all kinds of things that really were there to be an advisory board. So we you know, reconstituted and, and downsized a little bit on some things, yeah. Okay, uh, so you downsized by eliminating committees or just? We eliminated some of the committees, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so in, in terms of, um, it's a very important board, obviously, because, I mean, we just came from the health committee earlier and the demographics of those over, 55 are just growing and their needs are going to grow. So this is going to be very important for the yeah. county. Um, so I wanted to kind of understand what would make you like more um, active. Is it just coming out of COVID or is it the fact that there's limitations on meeting um, and whether we, is it, you, you do most of your meetings through some sort of hybrid approach right now? Yeah, we do have online available. Um, I, commissioners are supposed to be there in person. And again, there are only the five of us right now. So yeah, I think we could 
have more ability to involve ourselves, you know, in public events and whatnot with more members, but the members we do have do attend events. You know, we were at several of the countywide area plan events. I've sat at the table at the Alameda County Fair. We try to get out there, but yeah, with five people, <laughs> you're limited a little bit. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for the update. Uh, we get this uh, annually, and I've, I'm, uh, I knew of the resignation of a number of members from the uh, Commission on uh, Aging, and that was regretful. Um, you know, I've been familiar with the Commission for as long as I've been a county supervisor, and then even when I was on the Oakland City Council, and I've never seen anything quite like this occur yeah. in, you know, my years as being an elected official. So, you know, I'm committed to making sure that we get the Commission on Aging back to, if not a full complement, uh, close to it, because this is dismal. And as Supervisor Tam pointed out, we know the demographics, you know, the aging tsunami, it's, it's upon us. It's happened. Yeah. And it's continuing. And older adults, obviously, is a very strong passion of mine. And this is not something... I find uh, acceptable, so I'll make it a point personally to talk to my colleagues so that we can get uh, the vacancies filled from the different supervisorial districts, and I see I have one, and then I'll make sure we get the at-large positions filled as well, because quite frankly, I do know a number of older adults throughout the entire county. I think the population was at about 250,000, uh, 300,000, how many older? And that's 65 and older, right? Or yeah, could we go in the commission? Uh, do they have to be 65 and older, or can they be 55 and older? What is there any age limitation? There is an age limitation. The state has lowered the age for APS eligibility to 60 and over. 60 and over, mm -hmm. older. Okay, so um, we'll tr we'll make a point of looking for folks 60 and older, but um, uh, we we'll we'll get these uh, positions filled for sure. Because uh, there's a lot of older adults throughout our county, uh, and I'm sure we can find um, um, people to fill these positions. And I, I appreciate appreciate your service and and that of the other four. Um, your your dedication to this, um, and because you know we have the you know the, the state started this master plan on aging, and we need to continue to track that. Our county is supposed to be age-friendly. I'm still waiting for the report to come from our staff on age-friendly, and that's done in, uh, you know, in conjunction with public health because uh, we get an annual report on how we're progressing with our efforts around age-friendly, and we need this commission to be as robust as possible yeah. to continue your input into all of those different aspects. Definitely, yeah. Well, thank you. And... Um, Think. And then, and as you said, uh, people can uh, who join the commission they have to participate in person. Okay, yeah. so they have to come in person. Okay. Yeah. And the meetings are monthly. Yes, yeah, second Monday, nine fifteen to eleven forty-five, I believe. Yeah. yeah. At I East mean, I, there there might be changes to the Brown Act before oh. long. We don't know, and in which case. It would be a lot easier to get seniors and people with disabilities to participate on commissions if they didn't have to find a way in each time. So, yeah. But, um, Supervisor, it is a Brown Act um, commission, so they do have to participate in person unless they advertise. 
their address further down the page. That's so the same okay. rules. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And right now, where's the commission? Okay, you commission meets up on the third floor at Eastmont. The commission was meeting on the first floor at Eastmont, but you know we are experiencing some restoration because of the flood. We have to find a different location for the meeting in March. It very well could be on the third floor where the staff is sitting. We just have to make sure we have the technology for it. The commissioners mm -hmm. have to participate according to the Brown Act, but the public mm -hmm. can participate virtually. So we need to make sure we have the ability to do that in the new location that will have to have the meetings until the first floor AAS lobby is restored. And up, up, up on the third floor, we don't have that capability for uh, We have a big virtual? conference room on the third right, floor, but right. we're having some issues with the technology, um, with the dated television and the audiovisual. It's I been see. a challenge for us. I see. Because I know when I, I haven't been to a commission meeting in quite a while, I think prior to the pandemic, and I know when I went to a commission meeting, it was on the third floor, but this was before COVID and before, you know, hybrid meetings and all this other stuff. Yes. Okay. 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 So, um, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out to us um, here on the Social Services Committee where we stand ready, willing, and able to support the commission. And, and clearly, don't hesitate to reach out to me because everyone knows that seniors, that's my, my passion, and, mm -hmm. I, and it, it pains me to get a report like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, it's hard to staff commissions. <laughs> yeah. But yes, thank you. All right, it? any, any speakers? I have no speakers on this item. No speakers. <laughs> Supervisor Miley, if yes. I may. Commissioner Laura McMichael Cady is one of the few commissioners that stayed on the commission after we had some difficulties in the last year or so and her efforts to try to maintain leadership and get people onto the commission. I want to appreciate her because she's worked really hard to be able to do that. And we're thankful that she's still partnering with us. Very good. Thank you for pointing that out. So we're going to do what we can do to send you some support. Yes, thank you. So our next item this afternoon is an information report on um, refugee, support for refugees. Uh, yes, supporting refugees in Alameda County. We have a number of speakers and organizations represented, so I'll ask that when you speak, if you'll introduce yourself and the organization that you represent. And Supervisor Tam, I'm Robin Mencher, CEO of Jewish Family and Community Services East Bay, and I'm joined this afternoon by colleagues, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Stuart Florsheim. Thank you so much for welcoming us. I'm on the Board of Directors of JFCS East Bay. Good afternoon, Supervisors. My name is Jordan Tofigi, and I'm the uh, Director of the International Rescue Committee's Oakland office. Good afternoon, Supervisors. I'm Susan Fraser, CEO of Jewish Family Services of Silicon Valley. And thanks for inviting us here this afternoon. We'd like to just take a few minutes and tell you a little bit about the state of refugee resettlement here in Alameda County. Uh, we are the three resettlement agencies that welcome newcomers uh, throughout Alameda County. So just to give you a sense, there are 35.3 million people 
on earth who have the official designation of refugee. They're people who've been forcibly displaced from their home countries for particular reasons, war, persecution, or natural disasters. They face immense challenges uh, and are one slice of our global uh, situation of displaced people. They have all experienced tremendous trauma and are currently living uh, displaced from their hometowns and communities. Um, they uh, come to a new country ready to start their lives anew. And we are the organizations that welcome them here, partner with the Federal Government Office of Refugee Resettlement to welcome them with dignity and care. This is a little bit about what the process looks like. Um, even before a refugee arrives uh, and uh, touches down at Oakland Airport, our agencies get to work. Um, we get cases assigned uh, through the federal government, and uh, we say, yes, we're going to take these folks and bring them in. We connect. Oftentimes, somebody is coming here because they have a personal human connection to Alameda County, uh, something called a U.S. tie a person here who they have a tie to, who's their connection, who vouches for them and says, yes, I will help them get uh, settled to restart their lives here in Alameda County. So the resettlement agency, whether it's JFS Silicon Valley or IRC Oakland or JFCS East Bay, we connect with that person here and we begin to make arrangements for where they will, who will pick them up from the airport, who will uh, welcome them into their temporary home once they arrive? Who will make sure that there's enough beds for all the people in their family and a hot meal waiting for them? Uh, and any basics that they might need, a coat for winter, umbrellas, diapers for the babies, all of that gets taken care of. And then we pick them up at the airport. Somehow they always come in late at night and we're there meeting them at the airport. Usually folks have traveled for two to three solid days um, from where they started, originated their journey, until they finally arrive here at the Oakland Airport uh, and are ready to be taken to their temporary home. In the first month of that process, we go through, we have, they're assigned a case manager and a support team. Oftentimes, volunteers are deeply involved in this process. And we work with the county social services, our partners here to sign them up for all kinds of benefits, social security applications, their health screenings, um, and orient them to their new home. So whether that's uh, public transit or how to get into English language classes, signing the children up for school, uh, and uh, making sure that they have uh, connections to community. Then, uh, as part of the mandated experience by the federal government, uh, we go through an entire process for 90 days. It's a three-month process with uh, checkpoints every few days, every week, every month, uh, where we make sure that they get plugged into California state and county and local services. So work authorization, an ID card, uh, get them set up with their housing benefits enrollment, bank accounts, continuing their cultural orientation and begin to build out a plan for the goals that they have as they start their lives anew. And then we host a variety of additional supports 
um, around employment development, education, and career training plans, um, continuing to make sure that they're getting the health care they need with health and navigation, uh, and making sure that they can move beyond their neighborhoods, connect with their cultural and religious institutions, utilize public transit, and begin uh, to build their lives that they want here. It's a lot to do in a small amount of time. In addition to that small amount of time from the federal government, we also receive a small amount of money. So for each uh, new arrival, there's a small stipend of uh, $13.25 to be pulled together with the other members of the family um, to begin to set up those initial costs. So what we've done here is to map out uh, sample expenses for that initial resettlement process if uh, we are resettling a family of four, right? So covering initial housing for two weeks and then pulling the resources for permanent housing, so renting an apartment with first, last deposit, uh, food costs, transportation costs, home furnishing, household items, many of those items we do get donated, but oftentimes uh, we do need to go out and purchase them, and cash and utilities, right? So you can see um, for that initial expenses, that's over $14,000, um, which means that um, that is $3,570 per person, which given that we receive per person from the federal government just $1,300, there's a pretty large gap between uh, what the federal government mandates us to do and the funds that they provide to do it. So we work to garner resources from public and private sources, institutional and individual sources alike, to make up that gap uh, for every family that we resettle. And that's true for all of our agencies. Uh, however, that initial investment returns in kind to the refugee families' investments back into the community. Uh, what you see on this slide are the trends for what happens when refugees enter our community. They are participating in the labor force at much higher rates than the national average, and they are more than twice as likely to take jobs that contribute back to our community and strengthen our neighborhoods uh, and contribute uh, to our region's tax base. So refugees joining our community not only is based on the principle of family reunification uh, and uh, the United States government to um, committing to care uh, for people uh, and many times who uh, the U.S. government has played a role in the reason that they became refugees uh, and to take care of them, but also it's a sound investment in strengthening our community overall and the health and vibrancy of our community. So let's tell you just a little bit about what each of our agencies have been up to uh, in the past year or two with refugee resettlement, many of us have been resettling here in Alameda County for decades. So refugee resettlement is just one part of what we do at JFCS East Bay. We also provide a suite of social services at every stage of life, uh, particularly focusing on young children and their families and the communities in which they live and go to school, as well as a variety of care services for adults and older adults throughout Alameda County. Refugee resettlement, as well as uh, providing legal services for other immigrants who come to the East Bay, is also central to the work that we've been doing here uh, for almost a century and a half. 
Um, in the past year, we've resettled uh, 364 refugees to, uh, to the East Bay, almost all of them coming from Afghanistan. As you probably know, uh, the East Bay is among the largest Afghan-American communities in the United States. And so when new families are arriving to the United States, they want to connect with their family members who are already here, which often means coming to the East Bay. In addition to the 364 newcomers we welcomed, we also continued extended case management services for over 275 refugees um, in the East Bay, 60% of whom are resettling in Alameda County. Um, since the U.S. withdrawal of Afghanistan and the summer of 2021, we've resettled over 1,500 Afghans to the East Bay, just our agency alone. Um, here's a, just a brief story of just one family, a human side of all of these numbers. This is a family uh, that came over last year and resettled to Fremont. Uh, uh, one couple with three children, um, and they went through that process that we just described. They are now uh, the entrepreneurs and owners of a small business in Alameda County, um, uh, um, now a well-known uh, pastry shop bakery um, in the Fremont area. So uh, this is, we have hundreds and hundreds of these stories, but this is just an example of one story of um, how quickly uh, refugees integrate into our community and uh, begin to contribute back. Um, Want to let you know that JFCS East Bay has received funding from Contra Costa County to support refugees um, since uh, the summer of 2021 uh, when we've seen large numbers of Afghans come to the East Bay. We received uh, funding of almost a million dollars through county funding um, to support refugees. The primary, the primary uh, role of those funds are actually direct assistance um, back to the families who arrive so that they can get subsidies to um, fund their basic needs expenses um, and also um, um, support career development. Uh, we also have an ongoing county grant from Contra Costa County uh, for mental health services to support uh, refugees who arrive so that they can move through their pain and trauma and more quickly move to self-sufficiency. And now I'll turn it over to my colleague from IRC. So the International Rescue Committee was founded in 1933 at the calling of Albert Einstein. Um, and more specifically, we opened our doors in San Francisco in 1975 and eventually moved to Oakland in the late 90s. Since opening our doors in the Bay Area, we've served more than 12,000 individuals. Currently in the Oakland office, we have a variety of services. Of course, the primary one, as Robin spoke to, is our resettlement program, welcoming newcomers, uh, picking them up at the Oakland International Airport, and um, going through the series of core services that Robin spoke about. We also provide immigration legal services. We have an anti-trafficking case management program um, supporting uh, survivors of crime and survivors of trafficking. In our health and wellness program, we do preventative counseling, 
um, intervention um, support groups, uh, intensive case management. We have an economic empowerment program supporting folks with um, resource navigation to get them job ready. We also are engaged in two international Oakland Unified Schools um, doing food security and food education with the newcomers there. Um, and lastly, the reception and placement program. Uh, some data uh, of our arrivals over FY23. We served 656 newcomers. Uh, most of them, as you can see, are from Afghanistan, 551, and we also have folks from Guatemala, Burma, El Salvador, Eritrea, Honduras, Moldova, Nicaragua, Pakistan, Syria, Iran, Iraq, Algeria, China, South Sudan, Uganda. And um, I will say that for um, the current year, we've had a surge in arrivals. Um, our total number of individuals to serve this fiscal year is 770, and we already have more than 300, close to 300 individuals that have arrived. Um, so it's, uh, it's difficult with the, uh, the system uh, to know when folks are arriving, and when we have these surges, of course, it strains uh, our resources. So we have another case study here, the Arya family, um, who came from Afghanistan. And um, from this study, we, we wanted to point to our soft landing fund. Soft landing is a housing subsidy fund that we had to create here in the Bay Area due to the high cost of living. Um, as you saw, there's a significant gap in uh, the funding that folks get. And um, according to the previous slide, you know, the amount of resettlement funds that families get is the same here in the Bay Area as it is in the middle of the country. So when you think of the cost of living, it's a mind-boggling. <laughs> um, so in the Bay Area, we created the Soft Landing Fund. The Soft Landing Fund supports um, housing uh, insecurity, so paying for rent, paying for the initial deposit, first month rent, application fees, and that fund has primarily, primarily been sourced by um, community members. When we are low on this fund, we have no other way to support families, and we have to just build as many partnerships as possible uh, with landlords um, that are willing to work with refugees who don't have a credit history, don't have employment history, and most often than not, don't have a cosigner. We do have three other IRC offices. So IRC Oakland is located here in Oakland, and then we have IRC San Jose, IRC Turlock, and IRC Sacramento. The IRC San Jose office um, received uh, about 330000 for housing support, specifically in FY22 from Santa Clara County, and those funds were, are being used directly for housing assistance. In Stanislaus County, the IRC Turlock office received about 216000 for housing support um, and were due to receive, um, I believe, 316000 for, for FY23. So in Oakland, we have a couple of programs, and we do get county support for some programs. Our health and wellness program, the Afghan Path Towards Wellness, uh, we've received funding uh, for a number of years. Uh, to support um, psychoeducational activities such as support groups and uh, prevention and early intervention. We also have an employment program uh, where we, uh, we, get, um, we have a contract with Alameda County to provide uh, employment services uh, to assist folks with job readiness. Um, that program is part of a consortium. Uh, we are a subcontractor under Lao Family. 
I will highlight that both of these programs have been fantastic and we're incredibly grateful to the county for having them. Our uh, newcomers are desperate for these two areas of focus. The only challenge is that these programs fund specific programmatic activities related to contracts for job readiness or for health and wellness services. They still do not provide direct assistance to assist with housing or the housing gap or ex um, expense gap that we identified. Thank you. Good afternoon again. Um, Jewish Family Services of Silicon Valley was established in 1978, and initially we were established to help support Holocaust survivors who were coming into the country. Um, and But we quickly uh, worked towards serving other refugees as well. And that has continued throughout the years, and this, in the last couple years, um, those numbers have probably quadrupled. Um, we went from serving 65 refugees a year to this year we will serve over 1,000 refugees. Um, we have wraparound services for the community, uh, obviously the refugee resettlement and acculturation services, but we've also got a strong uh, Center for Aging and Caregiver Services focusing on our growing demographic and supporting adults and families who are in need and have uh, particularly uh, faced different crises and need a little lift to get them out of those crises. So um, in uh, calendar year 2023, we served uh, 544 uh, refugees, mostly, as you can see, from Afghanistan. Uh, the numbers of those from Ukraine clearly increased, and we intend that those will continue to increase. We just got word, um, actually, in the last week that um, the government plans to um, bring over between 40 and 60,000 new refugees from Afghanistan with the closure of more camps. Um, we have seen a recent uh, surge in Afghan refugees because of the closure of camps in areas like Pakistan, where we, uh, the refugees were being held for about two years with very little medical care, no jobs, no education, and they're here now and they're needing a lot of support. Um, and then, uh, as you can see, we serve uh, Silicon Valley, but um, because Alameda County is the choice for many of our refugees where they want to live, um, we uh, do a lot of our housing search in, uh, in Alameda County, and this year we predict that we'll have at least 200 of our refugees that are being served through Santa Clara County um, and the state of California, the county of Santa Clara, um, that are actually living in Alameda County. Um, the Ahadi family is a good example of folks that we've helped. Um, they came to the United States uh, with one of the, some of the other families who, as you might remember, the people that were clinging onto the airplanes. Um, that represents the Ahadi family. Had the Ahadi family stayed in Afghanistan, um, the father would probably most likely have been killed. Um, so coming to the United States was uh, imperative for them. We were able to uh, get them housing, um, interim housing through extended stay hotels, and, and then our housing team was able to find them permanent housing in Alameda County. And uh, the Hadi family worked very hard to save enough money to be able to pay their deposits and three months of rent. And I just want to say that we have a housing team um, of volunteers. There's about 10 of them. And they literally go door to door 
um, working with landlords to find housing. And when you think about the housing crisis in all of our counties, um, we know how insurmountable it seems, but they've actually been able to permanently house two-thirds of our clients. It's a huge feat. So um, in this coming year, or this current year, um, and County of Santa Clara's uh, Refugee Services works on a calendar year basis, um, we're receiving $2,400,000 to provide uh, vocational and English uh, programs. So we uh, get people to the point where they're able to speak the language well enough that they can work. Um, and then we help to uh, set them into jobs, whether it's a job that's initially just to be able to support their family, and then hopefully with the plan of getting them a, a job that fits their career. And I do want to say a lot of these folks come with a lot of uh, experience and background behind them. Um, and then uh, the, the monies that we get from Santa Clara County also support uh, interim and permanent housing, transportation, emergency food and financial assistance, and case management. So you can see that our, just from our uh, staffing breakdown, that our um, funding that we get from the County of Santa Clara to support ESL and vocational services is quite robust. I think it's important to note that those refugees that we are resettling in Alameda County are traveling back to Santa Clara County to receive their ESL and vocational services. And there's, you may say, well, why aren't they getting them here? Well, there's, there's when you consider the trauma that they have endured through their lives, and particularly in the last few years, Having a, an organization that they trust and provides them with centralized services uh, is a best practice for creating that success for them. And then we also have um, other partners that we're working with, including Google, um, the Center for Employment and Training, and the Institute for Business and Technology. They're not funders of ours, but they are certainly um, partners of us, of ours, and help with IT training so that we can get folks employed more rapidly. Good afternoon again. So um, I'd just like to wrap things up by talking a bit about our major issues and also um, what we're asking for. Uh, so we spoke about a lot of different issues. Uh, the main issues are highlighted at the top. Housing is, of course, the biggest one. Uh, followed by employment services and also transportation services. So our ask um, is to help the refugees achieve self-sufficiency by, of course, alleviating our housing issues, uh, you know, both in the area of costs and availability, uh, providing uh, employment services by the way of computers, phones, workforce training, et cetera, and providing transportation services like public transit and driving school. So the ask for the three agencies is listed here, and of course you have it on your slide deck as well. Uh, it, uh, it covers the areas I just spoke about, housing, employment services, and transportation services. And then related to that is the case management needed to support those services. Uh, so the total comes to uh, just over $2 million. And then we also gave, besides money, we also gave some thought to some strategic opportunities to help refugees. Uh, uh, one is fast-track approval of food stamps and cash aid for newly arriving families. Uh, the other one is to form a stronger partnership between Alameda County 
and these agencies uh, and us to ensure optimization of all the resources that are available both at the state level and the federal level. And finally, to explore uh, the establishment of the Alameda County Office of Immigration, uh, of uh, Immigrant and Refugee Affairs, because this is just such a significant issue in Alameda County. The rest of the slides, which you'll see, uh, uh, is our appendix, where we just talk about some of the people, some of the agencies we have been working with in, uh, in, uh, in Alameda County. And that's it. Uh, we're open, and we'd love to entertain uh, any uh, questions you may have. In the meantime, thank you so much for your attention. Thank you, Chair Miley. Um, I, I think you partially answered this question uh, regarding the cost to resettle the refugees and the gap, and that the federal government allocates 1325 to cover cover initial basic housing. Has there, and you also mentioned that whether you're in Minnesota or here, you get the same amount. Has there been any effort to get the federal government to recognize that the cost of housing and the cost of living in the West Coast is just so much higher? Um, there's been many, many efforts, ongoing efforts. Um, our state refugee coordinator is actually actively involved um, in the capital and is trying to push this forward. Uh, it is pretty daunting that over the course of 20 plus years, the increase has been so minimal. I mean, when we look at, you know, the, the cost of living. So there's ongoing efforts. It's just very um, ineffective at this stage. Okay. Um then on your Albert Einstein uh, graphic, uh, you talked about the anti-trafficking case management, and uh, this is something uh, we at the county are also trying to work very hard to uh, address and, and deal with, uh, particularly the sex trafficking of minors, for example. So there are a number of programs like the um, Alameda County Family Justice Center that the district attorney had put together. And then you mentioned in your last slide that there is an effort to try to look at those partnership opportunities between social service and some of the other potential departments. Um, has there been uh, an effort, particularly on the trafficking, to leverage some of the existing resources that the county has? Yes, definitely. And as it relates to the anti-trafficking department, the only reason why we didn't, I didn't expand too much on it is because most of those individuals have been here for a bit longer than the newcomers that we pick up at the airport. Um, so it's a slightly different avenue. With that being said, it's still critical work, and there has been a lot of engagement with the county, uh, with the uh, sheriff's office as well. And, you know, we operate under a county contract, uh, our TCVAP contract, to provide case management but we're always looking to increase partnerships and you know more engagement as it's much needed. Okay, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. And um, th this is a question maybe for social services. Uh, prior to um, my service on the board, I know Supervisor Valle and uh, Supervisor Chan had been a part of the board's uh, committee on refugees and immigrant um, and I know there was a report that was put 
Fourth, do you recall whether or not an Office of Immigration Affairs was one of the recommendations? I don't recall if it was a recommendation, uh, but we did send the final report to your office, I think it was last week, a week before, but I don't think that was one of the recommendations. Uh, okay, I, I hadn't been able to see the report come through our office yet, but. It, it was sent directly to Serena. Okay, I'll, I'll look for it. Um, I, I'm just trying to understand, it sounds like uh, the, the immigrant population in uh, Alameda County is being helped by these wonderful organizations that are pulling resources from other counties, and they're also asking for Alameda County to put in about $2.1 million. Is that processed through social services? The $2.1 million or? Yes. No, so we had a, um, social services presented on this topic last month, the social services committee. Um, we also had slides about our investment into refugees um, and resettlement agencies. And um, as was mentioned, some individuals prefer to go to Santa Clara, but we are providing funding for those same services here in Alameda County. So I don't know how you carve out that difference. I'm sorry, repeat that last part. <laughs> we, we have contracts with service providers here in Alameda County that can provide some of the same services that um, refugees are seeking in Santa Clara County. But as was stated, they feel more comfortable going to Santa Clara County, but we have invested in some of the same services here in Alameda County. Uh, okay, so we, we have contracts to provide similar services, but they're not with like the Jewish Family Community Services, or? They are, uh, but I think what you mentioned is that they feel more comfortable being served in, in Santa Clara County. Is, is that correct? The, the refugees that we're working with are initially um, assigned to Santa Clara County. They don't come from other counties. They are assigned to Santa Clara County. But you mentioned some live in Alameda County? We, we those who we are serving initially in Santa Clara County, we can locate, we can um, house them permanently in Alameda County, and we will search for housing in Alameda County as well as job placements. And we, and so once they are placed in Alameda County, we do have contracts that will serve them, um, providing some of the same services that Santa Clara County provides. Okay, so um, in FY23, 266 of the refugees out of the total 656 resettled in Alameda County, and the others were in Contra Costa County, which you also get some funding from. So uh, of the ones that are in Alameda County, um, you're saying that we have uh, contracts with service providers to provide the same services that um, uh, JFFC and uh, IRC are providing? Yes, yeah, so the staff who presented last month, I've asked um, Ramon and Shane to come forward to sort of explain more about their presentation from last month. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Rahman Zamani. I'm program specialist covering the refugees program, also the county refugee coordinator. So the resettlement portion is different from what services we are providing. 
the settlement services or direct contract between our partner resettlement agencies and federal government. And once they are resettled here during that period of resettlement they are serving, those clients will be also enrolled in the social services programs. So any client who is living in Alameda County, these are Alameda County's clients and we have service providers. The services, employment-related services, the English language services, also other supportive services, are provided by our community-based organization contracted for these clients. So once they are settled in Alameda County, all those supportive services provided by our contractors are provided, and also the cash assistance, medical, call freshes provided by the county itself. And so, Ramon, I think it'll be helpful to name who those service providers are that we're funding here in Alameda County. Uh, we have different organizations contracted to provide those services. Counties uh, divided to two regions, the north region, which is services are provided by Lao Family Community Development. For the South County, uh, services are provided by La Familia. Uh, we also have another organization, uh, Refugees and Immigrant Transitions. They are providing supportive services to clients who are not enrolled with the two other organizations. Because for the first year for refugee cash assistance, uh, and also for call works clients who are not <coughs> proficient in English language, they are served by those two. The third organization is uh, providing supportive services for up to five years. Now, as uh, our partner agency IRC mentioned, uh, they are also serving as consortium our main contractors to two, those two organizations are working with a couple of other organizations to provide those services together. And the county is always encouraging that consortium to work together because of their specialized services in their field of expertise to cover those needs. And the International Rescue Committee is uh, subcontractor with both of those organizations serving the North and South County. Uh, okay, I appreciate that explanation. I, I guess maybe I can be a little bit more direct. Um, so in, in their ask, there's four categories, housing and related costs, employment services, transportation services, and case management. And it's not clear to me. I guess it's the, the three agencies, JFCS and IRC and the Jewish Family Services are requesting it. But you're saying that IRC is a consortium. They have an office in Oakland, and they re redistribute the funds to two of the contractors that offer some of these services? Yes, those are for employment services and also English language uh, but, related 
okay. programs and connection of uh, housing support, uh, we have different uh, programs. For There is funding available from federal government for housing support of uh, Afghan parolees, Afghan new arrivals, too. So the uh, Refugee Program Bureau at the California Department of Social Services is not uh, providing double funding for those. So they have a special contractor to provide those services in Northern California, including Alameda County. For the Ukrainians, there is a special fundings for Ukrainian refugees and those people who were residing lost in Ukraine, but they are not Ukrainian nationals. So uh, we have our exist. We have funding for that, and because those two organizations are serving uh, Ukrainian population, the Board of Supervisors authorized that funding be uh, implemented through them. So for the Ukrainians, the housing support activities are implemented by Lao Family to Community Development and also by La Familia in the South. Okay, so that's one of the groups, but uh, the, the majority of the group that we're uh, working with right now are the Afghan refugees, right? And so um, how do we provide these kind of services directly to that population um, in, in a way that is, is it through the contractors that you're talking about? The Afghan-related Afghan related funding is not coming through uh, social services agency that's contracted directly with the service providers. For Ukrainian refugees, uh, yes, the Alameda county? county is providing those services. Recently, uh, California Department of Social Services uh, changed their policy allowing counties, including Alameda County, to decide if they want to use part of the uh, refugee support services fundings for housing, which are not for Afghans or for Ukrainians. So for the other newcomers, the refugee support services fundings can be uh, utilized for housing services. Other than that, the social services agency is providing temporary housing support and permanent housing support as part of call works program and uh, refugee cash assistance. Okay, it sounds like we have existing programs like CalWORKs that you just mentioned for employment services. Sorry, just to, to clarify. So for IRC Oakland, there are two existing programs, one through the employment contract and one through our health and wellness contract. And those two programs are primarily supporting case management, so staff capacity to implement activities 
with the employment contract, there are avenues for folks to tap into additional resources, but unfortunately not every single one of our clients is able to enroll in the RCA or CalWORKs program. So the ones that are not are dealing with this major funding gap. So that's one of the issues um, with housing. For JFCS East Bay and JFS Silicon Valley, they have clients residing in Alameda County, but neither agency taps into any of Alameda County's contracts. So that is why on one of our slide, IRC Oakland is not requesting any funding for employment, but the two other agencies are because they're supporting clients residing in Alameda County who don't have those services available. That clarifies some of the questions. So I was trying to track all this. Appreciate Supervisor Tam asking various questions. I thought I was tracking it pretty well until the last part. So the last part is this two this two million roughly is being asked to provide funding for clients who reside in Alameda County. Get, they aren't getting services from Alameda County contractors, and they're going to Santa Clara County for those services. Is is that what I'm hearing? Because that, I thought, that is, that, I thought I believe it was that's around. what you're hearing. I just want to clarify real quickly also, um, the CalWORKs program it has hit us big in Santa Clara County in that the state just eliminated the HSP program. We were relying on that for housing dollars, and um, as of January 1st, that's gone. So those housing dollars no longer exist. So that's just a proposal in the governor's budget. But um, I, I've been informed that the CalWORKs housing support funding will remain even after the May revise. There are some other programs that are threatening to take away, I think bringing families home and home safe, but housing support at this time is somewhat stable. They're looking to sort of delay some funding streams, but not remove all the funding from the program. Oh, but, but it's CalWORKs housing support funding? Yeah, so we um, run our CalWORKs housing support funding through Office of Homeless Care and Connect, and they administer those contracts for us. All right. So is the issue, so I can understand it, folks reside here, but they're getting services elsewhere out of the county, or is the issue folks need, who are refugees here need housing? I'm trying it's to both. I'm trying to track this because so of this two this two million dollar request. I'm trying to understand it. Is it for folks who need housing in Alameda County, or is it for folks yes. who need who reside here and get services outside of Alameda County? I'm trying to track this. I understand the behavioral health piece. I understand the employment piece. There's a little gap around employment, just a small gap, but the big gap is the housing. So please help me understand. I thought I understood it, but you've confused me again. Sure. It's, so it's both of what you're saying. And oh, I'm we sorry. can uh, also defer to our colleagues. So we are an informal consortium of three independent social service agencies that are all work with the federal government to resettle refugees in Alameda County. Uh, two of us have our primary offices in Alameda County. One of us has our office on the border, just on the other side of Santa Clara County, but is still resettling in Alameda County. Uh, the primary challenge that we're facing is those first three months, those first 90 days, 
there's a large amount of money that's required that it's startup fees to get a family resettled and on the path to self-sufficiency. We are grateful that uh, in the uh, large county, Alameda County, there are a tremendous number of um, county-funded or county-supported social services to help refugees and immigrants. However, there is a gap about what is needed when people arrive in the county, get off that airplane in the first few weeks in order to make it possible for them to get through their day-to-day. -day. And that is around housing and transportation and related services that they need to get grounded in before they can really take advantage of ESL classes and employment development programs and the like. And that's where the struggle is, predominantly with housing. So. So when you showed us that one slide, the first 90 days, yep. excuse me, the first 30 days and the first 90 days, uh, because there's so little funding coming from the federal government, you're saying we need more money there to help with refugees who are arriving. Yes, and we have, we are mandated by the federal government to secure permanent housing within that 90 days. So that's another piece that the time frame is very compressed. So is this, um, is this 2.1 associated with that first 30 and the first 90 days? Yeah, yes, yeah. Primarily? Yeah, yes. I think that makes a little bit more sense. So the federal government gives us a dramatically underfunded mandate to do this work, and we have to go out and find funding elsewhere. And so we find it from private sources, like individual donors, from philanthropic foundations, and from public sources. We've been successful in securing funding from our neighboring counties. And now we're here today to talk to you all in Alameda County to say, can you partner with us to make sure that we can meet the mandates and welcome these newcomers in this first few weeks of their time here with the dignity and care that we all agree they deserve? So the first 90 days, or 30, 90 days, uh, I'm gonna say it's a whole, it's 120 days, is that the, the roughly the million dollars that's coming from Contra Costa County and let's see Santa Clara? I think I sh you showed a slide. Correct. Uh, the, they're coming in with about two million. Is that correct? This year it's it's two point four, and we have flexibility from each of those counties to fund a variety of right. services. Uh, primarily, I can speak for the Contra Costa funding. The majority of those funds in direct assistance are going toward housing and other services in those first 90 days, as well as um, uh, making it possible for us to have adequate case management to support the families during that time. And so the one slide showed Santa Clara County providing 330,000. Um, is that the funding that Santa Clara is putting in? That's funny. Is that just San Jose or is that? The that is the International Rescue Committee San Jose office that received that funding. And it was used primarily for housing. Okay. Yes. So, so are we asking Alameda County uh, to either match what's happening in Santa Clara or, or, or try to uh, match what's occurring in Contra Costa or yes. do better? Yes, <laughs> that would be. Oh, okay, and then make it flexible around the needs that first 30 to 90 days or whatever with any immigrant population, refugee population that you have to serve 
to make the transition from arriving to getting maybe um, settled. Yes. Yeah, I think right. that. I think that's what I understand. Yes. Right. Yeah. And what I heard you say is, do you want to meet or best what our uh, neighboring counties are doing, right? And uh, it's the job of our case managers to connect our new arrivals with the tremendous uh, public systems of services and benefits that exist here. Uh, and that takes time. And mm -hmm. we're, re we're responsible for caring for them from the moment they arrive. Uh, on a very prescribed process. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're asking for help for. Mm -hmm. So would this be something we want to have social services handle, Andrea, or? Uh... I think I'm hearing two things. So for those who, who qualify for re refugee cash assistance or CalWORKs, uh, we have funding to assist those individuals. We have some who don't meet the eligibility criteria, and that's the gap um, to sort of help that population. They're not connected to our public assistance benefits. Is that? I just want to clarify a couple of points. Number one, of course, no doubt, the settlement agencies are our partner. We are working very closely with them, enrolling their clients uh, in public benefits, and uh, we appreciate the work they are doing. Uh, the clarification point, the first point is that uh, when refugees are living in an area, they are served by their uh, code, the zip code. So there are situations that resettlement agency from one county is finding housing for those, uh, their clients in Alameda County. And as you saw the presentation, they are placing uh, housing clients here. From the time they are housed here, then their cases transferred to Alameda County, and rest of the services are provided by Alameda County. It's the same like our main resettlement agency, IRC, is also housing clients in other counties. And so those cases will be transferred to the other county. We have inter-county transfer situation. The second clari clarifying point is that the Office of Refugee Resettlement Funding, which we are receiving through California Department of Social Services Agency, is allowed only for those clients which are enrolled in public benefits in our county. Mm. So that money cannot be used before they are uh, resettled here. Okay. So once they are enrolled here, uh, the services are provided by Alameda County and its partners. Okay. But I think what I'm hearing them, they're saying they want to have flexible funding to help get people settled, enrolled, and everything else so they can be processed. That's what I'm hearing. A flexible that's, funding that's not, that doesn't have these restrictions. That's yes, what I'm hearing. That's correct. Mm -hmm. I it's think. A separate and if if you if you don't have it and you can't find it in your agency, then we just need to uh, have you work with the county administrator and come back to the board with a plan to come up with a million or two million dollars to help deal with this. That's how I see it. I can work with the county administrator, but I see this as a, a countywide issue yeah. around well, that's housing. What I say. Work with the county administrator and 
work with the county departments and we'll bring this to the full board and we'll settle this problem once and for once and for all in terms of the the the, the delta that is up that we need up front to help smooth the transition so once they do get in Alameda County seems like we've got a very robust mechanism in place to handle refugee resettlement but it's getting to that 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 point I think that's yeah. what I think I'm understanding so the first 30 days is what we're looking at and basically what you're saying is once they're settled here then we we have the ability under these restricted funds to provide a lot of these services but you know the way I look at it is if Alameda County um, can put in its fair share and because Santa Clara County and Contra Costa County is helping with this effort to try to resettle um, refugees in Alameda County. Shouldn't Alameda County uh, put forth some funding and, and whether it's a, you know, some sort of uh, potential redistribution of housing funds uh, or reclassification uh, to see if that's within the art of possibility in our budget process? I think that's something we yeah, could look at, yeah, right? Super, super by chance. And uh, the way I see this, we're not talking a lot of money. We're talking, you know, minuscule amount of money here, minuscule. So that's why I think we should direct the agency director, work with the county administrator to bring an informational report to the full board on how we're going to address this, you know, this, this delta, this upfront issue. Because she might not have the funds in her agency, but I got to believe a $4 billion county budget, we can find $2 million, $1 million, whatever it is, to allocate to this agency, do its you know, maintenance of effort to deal with this first 30 to 90 day problem that we're hearing today. That's what I, that's kind of my, my perspective on this. I agree. And I'd like you bring, to bring this, if Supervisor Tam's okay with it, to the full board as an informational report and we'll schedule that at, at how much time do you think you need? Um, we're in the throes of budget season, so I'm, I'm thinking after April at least, after um, MOE. Okay, so maybe sometime uh, after April, so in, in May, we could have this as an informational report to the full board? Yes. Okay, all right. You, are you comfortable with that? I'm comfortable. Yeah, because, I mean, you. we're quibbling over, you know, this isn't a lot of money, and if it's going to help... And I understand there's restricted money. Some of it's restricted to certain classifications of refugees. Um, some some isn't. And all we're trying to do is solve a problem that the federal government, because you've you answered the question really well. Federal government's not stepping up to provide more money at the beginning, and that's what you need a little bit more money at the beginning. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and I'm also okay. going to ask um, that the the organizations work with our policy office to help put forth. A request to the federal government. Um, mm -hmm. Power is in numbers, so maybe if social services join you all in that ask to increase the funding from the federal government for at least California residents. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of thought that was done, but if that's not done, then yeah, we should definitely put that on our legislative agenda and make that part of our uh, PAL committee to get our lobbyists back in D.C. working on this as well. Yeah, a yeah, little bit. And, and maybe even in Sacramento. Yeah, we did have the meeting with the federal lobbyists last week. Um, it would have been timely to bring this up with them at that time, but it's not too late. Right, right, right. So, so appreciate you coming today, explaining it to us, and I appreciate all the questions. And we'll, we'll have a, a full report on this, informational report on this, 
the full board in roughly May. We just got to figure out the date in May. Uh, and hopefully we'll resolve this, this minor issue because it's not a significant, I mean, it's important for the people we're trying to service us to, but in terms of money, we're not talking, I mean, we're not talking a lot of money here, really. And again, and for the county to sustain this, we're not talking a lot of money either. I mean, it's really nothing. So we, we need to make this happen. Okay, so let's- I just want to add mm -hmm. one thing. The Contra Costa County is one of the refugees impacted counties, but they, don't want to use to get fundings, federal fundings for employment related services. So that wouldn't be one area for our partner agencies, particularly uh, working in, with the Contra Costa County, to demand uh, or the, the, their county to accept the supportive services fundings for that. So there is money available for that and they need to coordinate with that. As far as the gap in the cost for resettlement is concerned, uh, yes, social services coordinators together with this, the refugees state coordinator uh, actually advocated last year for increasing the duration of cash assistance for refugee cash assessment. In the past, it was only eight months. And then based on those efforts, it was increased to 12 months. Mm. So the same efforts can be made to increase the amount of uh, money which is allocated for resettlement and placement by uh, resettlement agencies to increase that amount and fill the gap to some extent. And, and how would we go about that? I'm sorry. How would we go about that? They need to, to get support from the California Department of Social Services agencies to go to the federal government. It's advocacy. Argue their case that there is the gap. The gap, in fact, which they showed between what's available as a replacement uh, money to these clients. So... These, uh, that cost is different from one county to another county, mm -hmm. from one state to another mm -hmm. state. So uh, those efforts are important to be made okay. to increase that. Okay. So maybe when you come back in May, can you give us a, a, a perspective on how we're pursuing all of this? Um, hopefully, yes. Um, yes. Thank, thank you. It's a tall order. Um, so it's a lot happening between now and May, but I will get as much information as possible thank for an update to the board. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so welcome. very much. Let's see if there's any public speakers. It's one follow-up question. Who should we follow up with to stay in touch with this come, come May? Well, either you can follow up with the agency directors, um, Andrea Ford, or I'm going to delegate my colleague on the Board of Supervisors on this committee, since I'm the chair and I'm the president, I'm going to delegate it to her office and my worthy colleague here, follow-up supervisor, uh, Tam. I know so Supervisor Hopper has also been very involved in yeah. this and very yeah. supportive. And that's why I'm going to bring it to the full board uh, yeah. in May, so the rest of the supervisors can have the benefit of this, this discussion, plus the work that's going to be done between now and when it gets to the full board. But Great. if there's any follow-up, I'm 
delegating it to these two very worthy um, individuals. You're obviously a good <laughs> manager. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, do we have any public speakers? I have no speakers on this item. No public speakers? Okay, thank you. So let's see, do we have any uh, speakers on uh, public comment on non-agenda items today? I have no speakers All right, for public so the, comment. The committee meeting for social services is now adjourned. Thank you.